This morning, we're going to do part two of the potter's hands. And it's entitled, God Turns Up the Heat. Last week, we heard and watched how the potter kneads and centers and shapes the clay into an image that pleases the potter. We talked about imperfections in the clay that causes vessels to be ruined. And I hope we learned something from last week's message. The problem is not with the potter's hands, but with the flaws in the clay. God is a potter, and we are the clay. Once the potter finishes working with a piece of clay on the wheel, it gets sent to the kiln to be hardened with heat. The potter's wheel is only the first stage of the pottery process. The potter may shape a lump of clay into a beautiful bowl, a plate, a vase, or whatever he desires, but it is not yet ready to be put into service. For the purpose of this message, I will use this bowl as an example. The bowl may have a beautiful shape, but it is still clay. It is still wet. And if I pressed on this bowl, it would collapse. And if I put water onto it, it would also collapse. It would be ruined. This clay still absorbs water. So it must now be placed into the kiln to go through the process that the potter calls firing. And it's appropriately named firing. The process uses tremendous heat and the temperature just keeps getting higher and higher. At the time of the Old Testament was being written, the Israelites used a type of kiln referred to today as a beehive kiln. It was used throughout the Egyptian and the Persian empires and was used right up through the Iron Age. The kiln is a type of oven that produces tremendous temperatures hot enough to harden the objects from clay into pottery. The kiln can produce temperatures right around 800 to several thousand degrees. This amount of heat is needed to permanently alter the chemical makeup of clay so that it takes a permanent shape. This superheated shape can only be altered by breaking it. The final look or appearance of a piece of fired pottery is dependent upon the molding that the potter applied to the clay before it was placed into the kiln. In other words, clay that is shaped like a water pitcher will retain the shape that it has been hardened with heat. It cannot be reshaped after it comes out of the kiln. The pottery is also affected by glazes that are applied to it for decoration, also by the temperature within the kiln. The finished look of pottery depends upon the type of clay that is used, the application of the glazes, and the heat within the kiln. Those are a lot of variables that if you think about it, it's appropriate.
When a piece of clay is put on the potter's wheel, it is wet and very pliable, containing a great deal of water. The clay particles ride within the water, which is what makes clay somewhat elastic and easily workable. The potter keeps the clay very wet while it's spinning on the wheel. The, the water, however, needs to be removed. After the clay pottery, after the clay pottery has been worked on the table, it has to be taken from the table and put into the kiln very, very carefully. After the clay has been inside the kiln, the fire will be lit and the kiln slowly begins to heat. God slowly turns up the heat. As the heat slowly rises to about 100 degrees Celsius, any moisture that is inside the clay is drawn out and is evaporated. This is a critical stage for the clay. If the temperature rises too quickly, the water will boil and cause the clay to explode. I am not going to explode that clay this morning. But it gets hot in there. As the temperature rises between 480 and 700 degrees Celsius, the clay begins to gradually vitrify. Vitrification is the process that clay goes through as it is being fired to maturity. In a fully matured clay body, the spaces between the refractory particles that resist melting are completely filled up with glass, fusing the particles together and making the clay pottery impervious to water. The process of melting and fusing also compresses the clay body, causing it to shrink a little bit. The clay shrinks slightly as the particle sizes slowly decrease as they fuse. As this happens, the particles also are compressed into a dense configuration within the glassy material that fills up all the nooks and the crannies. In other words, the pottery comes out stronger than when it went in. Clay comes from the earth and therefore contains some measure of carbon, organic materials, and sulfur. All of these, all of these elements burn off right around 300 to 800 degrees Celsius. These elements need to be removed or else defects will occur in the pottery. And we talked about what happens with defects in the pottery. It's the same with the defects in our lives. If they get trapped inside the clay, instead of being released, the clay will become discolored and the pottery shape will be distorted and ruined. And another thing that happens at this temperature is that chemical water referred to as water smoke is driven off. What is chemical water? This is for all you science nerds out there. And I say that with the utmost respect because I didn't do well in science and if Jeff Stanton was here today, he could tell you that. Chemical composition of clay is one molecule of alumina to two molecules of silica bonded with two molecules of water. Did you get that? 
The chemical combined material bonds then loosens when heated. The overlapping of the carbon and the sulfur molecules burn off and the chemical bonded water escapes from the clay. If the water inside the clay heats too quickly, it again can be explosive and produce steam inside the clay, resulting in a destroyed piece of pottery, turning the heat up too fast, too hot. Temperature control is extremely important. At about 900 degrees Celsius, the clay particles begin to fuse together with each other. This, bond, this bonding process is called centering. After the clay is bonded or centered, it is no longer true clay, but it has become something that is called ceramic material. At this point, the ceramic material can be cooled, removed from the kiln, painted with glazes, and decorated. The glaze-painted ceramic pottery is then placed back into the kiln to be finished and fired again. The kiln is then heated to about 1,000 degrees in temperature. The ceramic material is mature. The glazes are sealed in the material. And when it is removed from the kiln, once a piece that was a wet piece of clay shaped in the potter's wheel is now a beautiful piece of pottery. Now that I've given you a rather lengthy lesson on ancient kilns and some of the chemical makeup, I want to correlate this over your spiritual life. The period of time you spent on God's pottery wheel may have been a very uneasy time for you. Having your life molded into the shape that God sees fit is never easy. You are about to be placed in the kiln of life where God is going to finish the process he started by turning up the heat. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The process of being fired in the kiln is what God uses to bring us to spiritual maturity. When we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are forgiven of our sins. We still have the problem of sin-like behavior, such as jealousy, anger, lying, rebellion, bitterness, forgiveness, and addictions, just to name a few. This still needs to be purged from our lives. Some versions of the Bible call this cardinality, and others, flesh. For the average Christian, this removal process happens over time as God works in our lives, slowly transforming us into his image. Remember, the moisture in the clay is removed by, hot, by heat very slowly. So is the water in us to be removed slowly. So God places us in a kiln and he starts to turn up the heat. All of us have been to a bonfire. And what's the first thing that you do when you get too close to the bonfire? You raise your hands. You raise your arms to protect yourself. You begin to resist. Each person in the kiln is different. God knows that you are all different from everyone else on the planet, and he knows exactly how to move and remove 
your moisture. Sometimes God turns up the heat by sending us into a trial or a tribulation, a situation of some sort. Perhaps you get a supervisor who despises you, or perhaps you lose your job, a health issue, or a financial issue, or any situation that is drastic to you. You may be praying for a situation to change, and it isn't changing. It's getting worse. I would like to suggest that you might be in the kiln, and God may be just turning up the heat. This is the time to see God and find out what he's trying to do. If you're in the kiln, God is in the process of removing something from your life that he doesn't want in it. Don't look at the situation as something negative. Embrace it as a positive thing. God loves you or he would not deal with you. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. The potter is in control of the heat, and he knows exactly how much heat you need. He knows how much heat you can take. He wants to evaporate those negative qualities and purities and those flaws out of your life, and you need to let him do it. We have an idiom in the United States that says, out of the frying pan and into the fire. We've all heard it. We've all done it. This simply means that you may get out of one problem or one situation only to immediately find yourself in a worse situation. However, you may actually still be in the kiln, going through God's vitrification process. Don't put your arms up and resist. In this process, the heat is increased even more to take you to the next level of your faith, to strengthen your faith and your dependence on him. In pottery, this process burns off carbon, organic materials, and sulfur that causes discoloration and surface defects. But in human terms, this process burns off bad habits, secret sins that prevent your witness from being effective. If anything in your life seems to be going from bad to worse, please consider that you may be going through the purification process in God's kiln of life. Once again, the potter is in control of the heat, and this process requires a lot of heat to burn off those impurities, and sometimes it takes a lifetime. We often look at our problems of life that we are going through and we blame the devil for what's going on, for what's happening. In reality, the devil may have nothing to do with it, nothing to do with that situation. We forget, we don't even realize that we are in God's kiln and he is completely in control. Tremendous heat is tremendously uncomfortable. Tremendous heat, however, is a prerequisite to burn off the impurities in our life. And here's the takeaway for the sermon this morning. It's one sentence. 
The trials we go through in life are nothing more than the heat God uses in the kiln of life. Our goal should not to be get out of the trials, to get out of the heat, or to get out of the kiln. Our goal should be to let God remove the impurities from our lives, to be patient. Our goal should be to become more Christ-like. Let us not harbor our time in the kiln, but embrace our God who created that kiln. So what do you do if you realize that you're in God's kiln going through the firing process? The first thing is to confess your sin to God. As a side note, for Christians, unconfessed sin does not affect your standing with God. You are still saved. You are still going to heaven. But what unconfessed sin does, it reduces our effectiveness for Christ. It burdens us. It weighs us down. I am assuming that a lot of you are already saved. Unconfessed sin can stop prayers from being answered. Psalm 66, 18 reads, If I regard inequity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The Lord will not hear. This causes us to lose our peace and our joy. Psalm, or Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In Psalms 38, David actually became ill due to unconfessed sin. The point is, if there is anything unconfessed in your life, get on your knees and give it to God. Search your heart and your life for any carnal or fleshy-minded behavior. And here are some examples. I found this difficult. These are from Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. And these examples are not new to modern society and definitely not new to our culture. Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, gossiping are just a few. If you see one or more of these in your life, then God may have you in his kiln, trying to burn some of those out. Be positive even when going through this or any trial. Be positive even while you're in God's kiln. Know that he is doing and working for your good. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whatever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience do its complete work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The question here is to ask, do I have the right attitude as I am being fired in the kiln of life? Remember that you can be positive and joyful as you go through the experience, but also you can be rude and crude and obnoxious as well. What's your attitude toward life? What is your character when everything is falling apart due to the heat in the kiln? What is your character? 
How do you hold up? What do you turn to? Our goal is to be positive and patient in the heat. The goal of being placed in the kiln is to come out as a spiritually mature person. The spiritually mature person is sensitive to the needs of those around them. A spiritually mature person doesn't look out for just themselves, which is, e which is easy to do when you're in the kiln. You're focused on yourself. They also need to be aware of the needs of others. In Leviticus 19.18, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. We understand that there are many others around us that are hurting and have needs as well. They may be in the kiln just like you. Comfort them and let them know that God is in control and that they will come out of the kiln as a beautiful piece of pottery. God made you to be a vessel for his use in his time to further his kingdom. Remember that your time in the kiln is limited. You may not be in there forever. Though it may feel like it, when God takes you out of the kiln, you will be ready for service. Just as pottery has to go through a mid-match or ration process, so you also have to go through a spiritual maturation problem or process. You enter the process as a wet piece of shaped clay, come out as a beautiful piece of pottery. Let the trials come. Let the heat be turned up. Let the imperfections be burned out of you. God is in control. The end product is well worth the effort. God will not put you into a fiery trial that you cannot handle. Just as a potter does not put heat into the kiln that the clay cannot handle. God knows exactly how much trial or pressure or heat that you need to transform you into a spiritual, mature Christian. Though it may not be easy, trust your life to the potter, and he will transform you from clay to a beautiful piece of pottery. Pottery worth the name of Christian. Because God doesn't make any junk. Let us pray. I can feel the heat in here this morning. Help me to endure it, to embrace it, and especially to allow you to transform this vessel into a beautiful piece of pottery. In Jesus' name, amen.
Would the ushers come forward, please? up this gift to you, Lord, that you may guide us in the path of your provisions for us, this church and our missions, and those who are in need of your word, your loving hands, your peace. Give us the grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.